Welcome to Build Relationships, Break Poverty, a podcast hosted by Children's Hope Chest. This podcast challenges the Western perception of international poverty by elevating the voices of local leaders each month. It's our desire to share stories from our staff around the globe who work tirelessly to see vulnerable communities transformed. We believe that building two-way relationships will break the cycle of poverty. I'm Will Crooks. As part of the advancement team for over 10 years, I have the privilege to find and build relationships with church, business, and school partnerships. In this month's episode, we asked you what questions you had for Joseph Alotu, our Ugandan country director. Welcome, Joseph. How are you doing? I am doing great. How are you, Will? Uh, Outstanding. Joseph is one of my uh, not only favorite, but best friends in all of the world. We've been through a lot together in our personal lives and in our ministry careers. You have saved our teams and me from deadly scorpions and baboons that have wanted to, to rip our arms off. Joseph, you have, you have been a protector and a leader of, of, of me and, and our teams throughout the years. For sure. That's my job. <laughs> that is your job indeed. And one of the things that you and I like to do uh, whenever we're together is we have uh, water drinking contests. Who can drink uh, a bottle of water the, the fastest? And who usually wins these contests? Well, I usually win you. Uh, when the water is room temperature, but when the water is refrigerated and it is cold because my teeth are old, you always win that. When I drink cold water from the fridge, uh, I can't drink it that fast. But when I have like the one I have, the Ugandan water, which is not from the fridge, I definitely win you. You know that and you will see that in just a moment. Okay. Well, the challenge has been laid down. Joseph has a uh, large glass of water, and I have a uh, water bottle uh, here in uh, Michigan. I'm recording from Michigan today. How is the weather this morning? Uh, actually, it's afternoon for you. How is the weather this afternoon in Uganda? Well, it's about uh, 27 degrees Celsius. I don't know what that translates. Um, it's perfectly warm weather for us, and uh, it's good. My water is about 25, maybe 24 Celsius. So it's the right one for me. It's the right one for sure. And uh, is it rainy season in Uganda in, uh, in May? Yes, it's raining. We've been having uh, lots of rain. Uh, we've not had rain the last three days, so it's been warming up a little bit. But previously, it has been quite cold since the beginning of the month with lots and lots of rain. Got it. Well, speaking of rain and water, Joseph, let's do this. So I will say three, two, one, go. And we'll see. No, Joseph, he. That's unbelievable. We have, we have wit. Unbelievable. So a water contest just took place. And. Joseph Alotu was the winner. As usual, you know that. But I contest, and I'm uh, and 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 I am protesting. But congratulations again. Uh, you have won. You have beaten me in the water drinking contest. You wait for me next time when I'm in Michigan. Then you bring the one from the fridge. You will win that. <laughs> uh, I will always remember that. 
compete with Joseph in water drinking while he's drinking cold water. Well, thank you so much for uh, participating in that fun <laughs> little water challenge there. Uh, that was a very good head start that, uh, that, that you had, Joseph. But we're going to ask you questions that we received from our listening audience and from our partnerships. Uh, the first question is, what is your favorite thing to teach or to show visitors when they come to Uganda? And that's from Rachel. Uh, thank you so much, Will. Um, many times when I pick teams from the, uh, from the airport in Entebbe, I like to show them Uganda for the few days that they are going to be in country. Definitely on our drive to Uganda, I like showing them our city, Kampala. I like showing them the chaos that is in the city. I know they come from a world which is very organized, but our city Kampala is something that you rarely see in any other part, in many places. But I like showing them somehow the chaos, the mess that is happening there. You're coming from a country where they drive according to lanes. Then you come here in Uganda where we drive according to space. Where there is space, that is where you take your vehicle, no matter where it will take you. So I like showing them that. And then, of course, I like showing them how beautiful the country is. I like showing them the landscape in Uganda, which is kind of like mixed as you drive all the way to Soroti. And then I also like showing them when we have time to take them to see our wild game, wild animals that are in that are in the game parks, I like showing them that. Plus, I like to talk to them about the safety while they are here in Uganda, such that uh, when they come for one week, I want them to stay safe and live safe, such that they don't lose every moment of time of building relationships with our people here in Uganda. I have found that Uganda is probably one of the, if not the most hospitable places uh, on earth. If a country could have a spiritual gift, I would say it's hospitality. Uh, the people are so warm and friendly and welcoming to visitors, Joseph, aren't they? Yes, um, it's our culture. We like visitors and uh, we like it when visitors uh, come in our homes, come in our country because we believe visitors bring blessings. Culturally, that is how we are raised up. That is what we believe. That is what we know happens. And we always confirm this. Uh, when we were growing up as kids, every time a visitor comes home, then they will slaughter a chicken, they will slaughter a goat, and you'll have meat, and you'll have good food. So we grow up knowing visitors bring blessings. Mm, and the visitors uh, receive blessings as well, uh, from the welcome to food, celebration, and just sitting at the table together. Well, this next question is from Jason from the Ketuba Care Point. He asks this, you have been a part of changing many people's lives over the years of working with Hope Chest. What is the biggest change or impact that you saw in a child or family that maybe brings you to tears of excitement for them and gives you hope to continue the work that you're doing? You know, Probably this is the most part that I like talking about so much every time I talk about the work of Hope Chest because I have seen a lot happen in the lives of the children, but even that I have seen a lot happen in my own life, how my life has been transformed working with these children. But I've seen most of these children growing up 
profiling them from when they're about five, six, seven, maybe eight years. And I've seen them down the road until some of them have made 20 or even above 20 years uh, of age. But I think the biggest thing that every time I look at and moves my heart is how I see a particular child. I remember the day I profiled that child. I remember how that child went through school. I remember all the opportunities that Hope just gave that child growing up, discipling that child. And now when I meet them, I meet them on the way. They are having a job. They are able to help their other siblings. They are helping their families. So that is very, very moving. Actually, a few days ago, I was just walking on the street and I met one of the children. I didn't know. And so he stopped me. And then he was telling me that, uncle, that's how they call me. I know you don't remember me, but I am so and so. I am from this care point and I'm just returning back. I now work with this and this company. And I want to thank you so much for what you've done in my life. And within my heart, you know, I feel that joy. But at the same time, I feel moved because of stories like this. Because when I look at these children, I realize that if Hope Chess was not to come and help them, their potential wouldn't have not been realized. They wouldn't have reached the level where they are. And this happens not just to me, to some other colleagues. Sometimes we sit as staff and then see. So those stories are the ones that move my heart. I have seen so many families where these children come from, where their lives have totally been transformed with the village savings and loans associations, with income generating activities that we've been implementing, where you go, you once knew what this family is. And now when you see, you see the impact that these activities have created in their lives. So those usually move my heart and I have lots and lots of stories ranging from health, ranging from jobs, ranging from businesses, ranging from Muslims being turned into becoming pastors. We, you know, it moves my heart. Absolutely. Story after story. And that just brings such a richness to the ministry. And then when visitors come, people that you've seen for years and, and, and your staff is, is doing so much work. There's such a, a unified approach. Appreciate that so much. Well, Paula sends us a question from the Cabramayado Care Point, and she says, Dear Joseph, thank you for your amazing hospitality when we visit Uganda. My question is, when you hear from the children after we leave, what do they say is the best part of the visit? Uh, well, this is different every care point you move from care point to care point. It is different based on team members that are on the team, but there are just a few common things. First of all, uh, they will not stop talking about the games that they play, the stories that they share, and then, you know, visiting their homes, you know, speaking in English, and then people from home speaking speaking in their local language and then everybody kind of like gets to understand each other on that but usually the climax of this that people never stop talking about is a community meal whereby all people of the community come the children come some local leaders come and they meet at the care point and then 
the local people are able to see how the visitors treat the children. It will be story after story after story of uh, one of the team members trying to do high jump and he falls and he bruises the hand. Another one trying to play soccer and he kicks the stone. So those are all funny stories that arise from games from those activities so but generally what they never forget is the community meal where they're able to come fellowship together and share so everything is just about you know meeting new friends talking and enjoying it fun together yeah, for sure i know that when teams depart the care point there's usually uh, a lot of tears and, and mostly on the American side, right? Uh, that's one of the things that you've said that is most memorable about Americans. Is that right? Yeah, licking eyes. You know, we've seen in some places we see this from the team members, but some places sometimes also like when the kids, when the care point is still about three, four, five years, We've also seen this from the children after the team has left. We have to spend a lot of time trying to counsel the children. The children start crying, you know. They build this relationship and they fill the gap. But it's a very emotional time usually departing from the care points. That first, it's, it's sometimes what maybe I may not like so much to be in that play, in that in that place when they are departing because I feel within my heart also I feel like I want to cry because I'm seeing children crying I'm seeing team members crying so it's it's very moving it is very moving but it shows the power of relationship and that's the two-way transformation oh, yeah. that happens when that relationship is real and you and your team help facilitate that so well thank you so much Oh, well, I was just going to tell you that uh, we have just mentioned the word as relationship. I think whenever the team members come, one of the things that has always been very pronounced is, you know, they are treated as family. We no longer treat them as visitors. We just treat them as family. And, you know, that is the one that causes. One time I asked actually a child and a child was telling me that, you know, these people tell me how to live my life. They tell me what a parent is supposed to tell a child. So that's why I feel like they are my parents and, you know, they sing those songs. So every time team members come, we feel they are part of our family. Even some staff, I have seen some staff cry. Absolutely. Family, power of relationship. Thank you, Joseph. Uh, Cheryl from the Nabakalu Care Point, she asks you this. When do you or your staff think travel to Uganda will be restored for visiting our care points? Big question in the day of COVID. Yeah, you know, in Uganda, the situation of COVID-19 keeps changing so fast. You know, you can mention it at this point, tomorrow it changes. But really, at the moment, I think in Uganda, we can hold small teams, probably not more than eight right now in, uh, in Uganda, and also be at the care point for not more than three days right now. Uh, we can uh, do that. Uh, I know we can obtain, as Hopches, we can obtain some special permissions to allow team members come and then we can ration how people come to the care point. So I am really hoping probably from around July moving towards the last half of the year we should be able to really host teams and uh, we can always cross check with our local leaders 
and try to see uh, to seek for permission to allow teams visit. You know, in Uganda still right now, we cannot congregate in large numbers. And you know, every time teams visit, you know the crowds that they pull. Not just only the care point children, not just only their families, but you can always have crowds that go beyond 500 people, even if only 100 children are sponsored in that location. We have all village children will come. So that can be a concern, but we can always try to see how we can manage that following the SOPs that the government has put in place. So towards the last half of this year, we are really thinking we can start handling team, managing teams with these smaller numbers. Thank you, Joseph. That's very, very exciting to think that smaller teams can, can travel again. And anyone who's listening that's been to Uganda knows when a Mazungu is in sight, yeah, it's, it's amazing how quickly a crowd uh, will gather. Again, speaking yeah. just to the love and, and hospitality. Uh, we've been overrun a few times for sure together, Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, this question is from uh, Odetel from Grant. Yeah, it's, I think it's a good one. Uh, it's just a simple question. Joseph, what do you enjoy doing on your weekends or maybe your days off? I like farming. I like going to check on my chickens, to check on my pigs, to go and check on my corn garden, check on my soybean garden, my beans garden, simsim garden. So I do farming whenever I am not doing my work. I will be in the garden doing farming. So that's what I do mostly. When I have a day off. Yeah, that's wonderful. Now, I am privileged to call you friends, so I know a little bit about you. And one of, one of your hobbies or pastimes is you like watching American movies with your, uh, with your family. What are uh, one or two of your favorite movies that you've seen from America? I, would, I, I have many, but probably a few good men is my favorite movies that are... Uh, I like watching, you can't handle the truth. You know? that's, that's right. Oh, that is right. Uh, perfect line, perfect line. You can't I'm... handle the truth. Well, Mary asks us this. Uh, my question is, how are the first children to be sponsored chosen within a family? How does it affect the rest of the family when one child is chosen and the others aren't? That's a good question. So usually when it comes to profiling or how children are chosen, when we go into a location, we will have a relationship with that location, first of all, because reaching to choose a child in the family starts with choosing the community that Hopches will go to. And once we have chosen the community, then we go, then we choose families where children are going to be drawn from. And then after that, we go now to the family and choose a child. So usually what we look at, we look at vulnerability mostly. So like you look at a community that is very vulnerable, more vulnerable than others, you choose it. Then families within that community that all families are vulnerable, but there are those that are more vulnerable than others. Then when even we go into the family, there are children that sometimes are more vulnerable than the others and that is where we sit with the family and we look at each of the children and that is where we focus sometimes to give you just an example it may be children that have 
uh, maybe a chronic illness that will always need to be in hospital and the family may not be able to manage to meet those hospital bills. It may be a child that is very disadvantaged in that it's uh, maybe is, uh, has a, a problem, maybe an impairment, maybe hearing problem, or maybe a girl child. So we look at those levels of vulnerability. And uh, once you have chosen a child, even if it is one or two from the family, others are always happy about that. They won't really feel bad about that because the way also when we start, uh, the way Hope Chase operates, you'll find that you may pick one child from that family. But if you support that family with a mosquito net, you'll find that sometimes other children share in that. When you support that family with the food, you'll find that other people will share. When you give an income generating activity to that family, the rest of the family benefits. So in one way or the other, all these families know that they will always benefit in one way or the other. So they are definitely happy. I've not seen a scenario where there is a problem in the family because one child has chosen vis-a-vis -vis the other one. Thank you so much. Final question for today is, do you have a favorite program at one of the care points in Uganda or a program that maybe has a special place in your heart? All, program, all programs that we run have special places in my heart, but maybe if I am to rank them with the ones that I've seen that have had the most impact in the lives of the children is uh, the discipleship program, which ranges from teaching them about Jesus Christ and it ranges from teaching them uh, health issues, teaching them how to live, teaching them how to, you know, giving them career guidance and teaching them so many. It's a very wide and very rich program that impacts directly onto the children. And under that is where we have other things like protecting these children and doing everything that we want. So maybe I would say that is one of the most uh, that I would rank high. But all other programs that we implement are very, very dear to us because you'll find that this program will complement the other one. This program will add on to the other one and make the other one even more richer. So you find that they add up to create the impact that we want to see in the lives of these children and the communities. Absolutely. The ministry in Uganda has grown so much and evolved and the development that's taken place is just, uh, just outstanding. Mm. Joseph, is there anything that you would want to say to our listening audience that we didn't cover today? I think my biggest part is um, I am ever grateful and forever grateful for the support that we receive from our partners. And uh, you know, in Uganda, we can't complain. In Uganda, we cannot say anything because I think the sponsors that we have, the friends that we have in Uganda have been the best that we've seen. Many people have always wondered how we are able to, or what kind of training we give. But people have been very, very generous. They have rallied behind Hopches to make all what we see, all the progress that we see has been possible because of the general support that has come from these people. And I'll be honest with you, when COVID hit and everywhere you'd see how people have lost jobs, you'd see how, you know, money was becoming a problem, how people are losing dear ones. And for the first time, I became so afraid for the program in Uganda. And I said, okay, I think... 
this is going to trickle down up to us. But I am very, very grateful for the commitment, even amid this time of the pandemic, that uh, our friends, our partners, our donors have showed in this time of difficulty. We've not even realized any challenge maybe where we say that today we are not able to do this because of we are lacking. Our resources have continued flowing and we've been able to help children even in this difficult time. So I just want to thank all of them. I want to thank all the families that are part of what God is doing in Uganda. I want to thank everybody that is contributing spiritually, financially, physically, in every aspect in supporting the program of Uganda, making sure that these vulnerable children are developed to their, their they are enabled to develop their full potential. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for those words of encouragement and the vision that you bring to the ministry there in Uganda. So we greet you as listeners. We greet your staff and all of our friends and family uh, at the Care Points. Thanks so much for joining us today, Joseph. Thank you so much, Will. And uh, pass my regards to our colleagues down at uh, the barn and throughout many parts of U.S. and my dear friends in Michigan, of course, that cold city, Port Portage, I think is what the name is, plus all these places that I've visited. Please pass my regards. Thank you. Absolutely. Will do. Thank you for listening to this episode of Children's Hope Chests, Build Relationships, Break Poverty. You can follow Hope Chest on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you haven't yet, Go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast.